to the Mary Poppins of Business live show. Time flies when you have fun. This is our fourth episode and I'm really excited. It's been an amazing month for us and we've talked a lot about hybrid working. And today we are going to continue, but I'm gonna put a bit of spin on how we are going to do things today. But before then, why should you watch this show? Well, would you like to design a happy and productive workplace playground? especially if you are thinking of adding a bit more of this hybrid flavor into it. If that's the case, then please stay with us. I'm Naili Makangu. I'm the founder of Athena Leaders, also known as the Mary Poppins of Business. I help organizations design a happy and productive workplace playgrounds. And by that, I mean that we work together to make sure that projects get delivered on time. They are on top of the processes. I help small businesses and startups develop new products and everything. But the most important thing for me and what really drives me is making sure that people are excited and come to work on Monday. And no, it's not impossible. We can do it, we can make it happen even when we're working in stressful environments, there's a lot of deadlines, a lot of commitments, we can still make it happen. Today, we are going to look at some of the myths of hybrid working. Over the last few weeks, we've really dived in into very different types or different topics surrounding hybrid working. And especially if anyone is new watching this for the first time, 
I suggest you watch the episode from the last week, which was amazing. And we talked a lot about how can businesses prepare for the move to hybrid working. Coming from that episode and all throughout the month, we've had people sending us a lot of comments and questions. So I want to first start by saying thank you. Thank you to everybody out there who sent their questions through and send their comments and they have been supporting us. And if you have questions today as well, please do pop in in the chat or just say hello. That will be great as well. So what are we going to do today? Well, we are going to spin the wheel. We have a few questions. We kind of compiled all the questions that we've received, all of the interesting topics that we've also seen online. And we are going to have a, a session that is honestly not been prepared. I'm just going to answer and answer your questions and the topics that we've, we've covered um, as we spin the wheel. So it's going to be completely random. If we don't get to your question, we're going to do it again next month. And please continue sending us questions. Let's see. Let's spin the wheel. Okay, we're just spinning the wheel. There we go. Ooh, let's see what's gonna get. Let's let's record all video calls. That is my favorite. If you are on social media, and please do feel free to post about what we are talking about. Use the hashtag Athena Leaders so that we can pick up on your comments and also reshare on our networks as well. So let's record all video calls that is something that i've seen I've, i'm hearing a lot more and someone even asked me well Naili, now that we are working online right we're using zoom it's fantastic it could be you know whatever other platform you're using like microsoft teams we now have the possibility of recording our meetings it's great we should just record all meetings this way if there's something that we don't really catch we can go back and replay that as well so what do you think do you think that we should record all meetings? Please put uh, your views in the comments. That'll be, uh, inter be interesting to know what you think. But I'm going to share with you my scenario and uh, my three cents as well. So imagine coming to an event. And um, actually, one question for you from before I start. When you go to events, and especially when they tell you that this event is going to be recorded, how much attention do you pay to the event? We all know that, you know, I put my hands up, I've done it as well. So we all know that there are times where life is really busy. There's a lot of things that you have to do. And you might be working on something and watching the webinar. You are paying attention, but you also know that there are moments where you are distracted. If it's a webinar and you know you might watch it again later, you might be thinking, well, I actually want the interaction now and I'll go back and watch for more details later on. And that is fine. If you ask people to, if you record all the meetings or every single meeting that you have in your company or what you think is really important meeting, then think a bit about what is the implication from the point of view of um, people um, being in the moment and interacting with you. Are you going to lose some sense of interaction? Are you going to lose uh, people's focus? Because you know that you know, they, might, they might be there or maybe not. So really think a little bit about how you behave when you know that something is recorded and you can watch it later and what is the impact on other people of your team as well. Second question, how many times have you been at a webinar with all the intention to watch it later, but don't actually watch it later? 
<laughs> that happens way more than you think. We tend to, there's a lot of things happening and we always move from one thing to the other. So that the shift always happens. So whenever we tell ourselves, yes, I'm going to go do whatever I'm doing, still be in the webinar and I'll watch it later, we have the best intentions. But when the later comes, there is something else that will pop up as well. So when the later comes, you probably won't be there. You won't be in the moment or you might forget that you had to uh, watch that as well. So let's move it back to the meetings. If you record meetings and you decide that it's a great practice for the organization, it allows people to watch it later. How many people will have the time to watch it later? Right? So this is really the couple of things that you have to ask yourself before you start having a policy of recording all the meetings. So the first one, as I said before, when you record meetings, it means that people's attention and focus might not be exactly the same as it was if they know it's not recorded. They might not take notes or anything because they know they can play it back later. Later, The second point, when the later moment comes when they should be watching the, the, the meeting, they might not watch the meeting because there's something else that's important. Therefore, you end up losing an opportunity of people asking questions in the meetings. They might come up and ask questions afterwards. One of the reasons why I'm a bit skeptical about this practice of recording absolutely every meeting, or so recording a lot of meetings, is because of time. Remember that we are already talking a lot about this idea of only invite important people at meetings and not invite everybody else. Now, if you have to record absolutely every, every everything, Think about the amount of time that people are spending in the meeting, not really being focused on the meeting or on other things that they are doing. Plus, the amount of time some of them will spend watching recordings afterwards. If meetings are already expensive as they are, can you afford to pay double the cost of an hour meeting being watched or half watched and then being watched again uh, as a recording? So those are just some thoughts that I wanted to put out there for you to really start thinking about this idea of should we record the meetings or not. Before we go and we'll spin the wheel for the second time, there's one caveat on this. Don't throw the baby with the bathwater. I am not saying that recording meetings are bad. In fact, there are moments where it's really, it's really important or it, it, there is some values. I've used meetings or I record meetings, for example, if I'm doing a demo, I'm working with the clients and we are building a product and um, we are de demoing some of the features to the rest of the team. Those kind of large events and um, sometimes it's difficult to get everybody in the room. So to stop myself from having to demo twice, three times for people who can't make it because it's difficult to line up calendars, I will record the meetings. Whenever you have a brainstorming discussion, and it could be a very difficult topic as well, and you are working through uh, as part of the brainstorming, especially if you know that some of the key stakeholders are not there, you might want to record the meetings. But again, you do need to judge, as I've said before, the more you record things, the less people will pay attention. The more you record things, the less people might want to even come at the brainstorming meeting in the first place, and that might affect the quality of what you are working on together as well. So there you have it. Recording meetings, is this for you or not? I'll be, I would love to find out more. And if you have any thoughts, share with us, even uh, as you're watching the recording as well, please find us on social media, use the hashtag Athena Leaders, and we'll be, we love to watch, um, we love to watch your comments and also with my share with our network as well. Right. 
Now, are you ready to spin the wheel again and find out what is the next topic that we are going to cover in our live session today? And as we're spinning the wheel, just a quick reminder, do please send us questions that you have on whatever topic you want us to talk about. We are going to do those kind of sessions where we get all the questions that we've had during our lives, in between the lives of people giving me a call and says, oh my God, how do I do this? Woo, we've got our next one. Huh, this one is very interesting. Zoom fatigue, is it a myth or a reality? What do you think? And again, please feel free to put your thoughts in there. I've had a lot of discussion over the year, even over a year actually, since we've been working from home. Some people say, well, oh, there's no such thing as Zoom fatigue. It doesn't, it, it doesn't really exist. It's something that we can just, you know, just stand up and move more, you'll be fine. And other people think, yes, it's actually a thing. It, it's Zoom fatigue is a thing, it's a condition. And um, yeah, so we actually have something coming from uh, Mark who says it's a reality. And yes, I wish I'd said, if you, find the right answer, I will uh, send you a box of chocolate. But I didn't say that. So thanks to AG, AG, AG Mac for the comments. Zoom fatigue is a reality. And in fact, there, are, there has been a lot of people really looking in intensively at that to really understand what do we mean by Zoom fatigue? Why are people affected about after spending a lot of time on, uh, on, on Zoom or on any kind of video calls? So of course, we call it Zoom fatigue, but we are looking at all the types of other types of video calls as well. There's been research done by Stanford University in their neuroscience department, and they really wanted to understand exactly uh, what they could do to what, what actually what causes room fatigue, why it affects us, and what we can do about that. And in fact, they identified four reasons why people are struggling with Zoom fatigue. Those are things that, well, especially when you read the research, it's quite interesting because those are things that we are doing now and we are learning new pathways in our brands and doing things that we never really needed to do before. And that is affecting our cognitive brain and is making us think a lot harder than the way we used to think before. That's why Zoom fatigue is actually a thing that's happening and it's called, caused by ex excessive um, while spending more time on Zoom than we never had to before. So what are the four things that they identified as part of the research? One, excessive eye contact. Now, this is an interesting one because we always talked about eye contact even before Zoom meetings. The difference is that before, when we used to have eye contact, we didn't use to really track people's faces on the screen all the time and try to connect with them, even if they are on the other side of the screen and we are not co uh, connecting with them as much as before. So, and the other thing as well, if you look at faces, when you look at someone's face, it's not as big as your screen, right? So the proportion of faces have changed over the time because when you're on the screen, you might not even look at one face, it could be one, two or three, three faces on the screen and that affects uh, your mental load on how you process information, especially different than the way you used to do it before. The other one, the second items that we looked at was co constantly seeing yourself in a video chat as well. Now, with, with that one, it's, it's quite interesting. When we go on a video call, 
we tend to have our one section of the, the, the core will be our own picture. What they're saying in the research is that we've, we are spending way too much time looking at ourselves. You know, it's not because, oh, well, I look really nice. I'm going to check myself out. That's nothing like that. But you are, we are always conscious of ourselves, of our body language, of our facial expressions and absolutely everything. And sometimes, even when we are not consciously looking at ourselves, in our subconscious, we might be thinking about that. Before, when you go to a meeting, whether you have a bad hair day or whether you feel like you haven't slept and you might have bags under your eyes or whether, you know, there are some, you know, like, like um, for example, if there is facial feature or something on your face that you don't particularly like or you have a pimple or something, normally when you are in a face-to-face -face meeting, you don't actually think about those things. The, more, the only time you look at yourself is when you're in the bathroom, there's a mirror, and that's the moment you go, oh, my God, look at my hair today or look at my, the bags under my eyes. But when you are, we are on a, in a, uh, on a video call, especially when you're already stressed, subconsciously or even consciously, you might be looking at yourself, as, oh, I hope people don't notice this and that. So therefore, whatever anxiety or whatever frustration we might already have because of our bad hair day or bags under our eyes or because there's something about our I don't know, facial feature that you don't particularly like, it feels like it's a constant reminder that especially when you are you have a higher level of stress anxiety, it plays a lot on your mind and your subconscious as well. So that's another thing to pay um, to bear in mind. And the, the, the third thing was the reduced mobility. Back in the days, we a lot of people used to have back-to-back -back meetings. I'm not saying it's a great practice, but it happened. The difference between the back-to-back -back meetings on a Zoom call and in face-to-face -face settings like we had before was the fact that we are not moving. Back in the days, <laughs> it feels like a, an eternity now, when we used to be in offices and you have back-to-back -back meetings, there is a high chance that you might have to change rooms to go from one meeting room to the other. And on the way, you might pop to the, to the restroom, the toilets, or you might pop the kitchen very quickly to get, uh, to get a drink. And because of the way you're sitting as well, you are shifting a lot more, looking at people in different direction. So your, your eyes are not tracking one thing. You really are moving around. If you are in a meeting room with light, you are getting light from different directions as well throughout the day. Shift to now, the longer you spend on the call, the less you actually move. So if you have two or three hours back to back, put your hands up if you actually sat there for two hours or put a comment in the chat, two hours on a call without even moving because you had back-to-back -back meetings and you didn't have the time. I've done that so many times and now I try to stop my meetings. You know, every If I have a, a long day of meetings, I try to go for 50 or 55 minutes. So it gives me these five or 10 minutes to wrap up and also to just move a little bit as well. The last one is a higher amount of cognitive thinking. And by that, they really mean that we are working harder for people to understand us. We can't rely just on body language, just the way we used to do before. So we need to do things a little bit differently. When you are talking to someone and um, that you need to kind of accept something, you have to nod, but you need to make sure that they can see you nod as well, especially if there's a, a large number of people in the room. Especially if you are training people, sometimes you ask a question and people will think, okay, I need to put my hands up. Maybe I will send like an, uh, an emoji for with a smile or something like that so that the person presenting can know that we really agree with what they're saying. 
So if you think about that, if you were in a face-to-face -face setting, whether it's a talk or working with, with colleagues, you will naturally smile. You won't think I need to show them that I agree by smiling. So that happens normally. Because it's not happening normally anymore, we are kind of have an extra load of thinking that we need to do to convey information that maybe prior to this moment was done by um, using your body language as well. So there you have it. Those are the four reasons by, by the research, uh, from the research um, by um, Stanford University and the neuroscience departments. Those are the four reasons that they have looked at and that, that kind of explain what Zoom fatigue is. So excessive eye contact, constantly seeing yourself in the chat, reduced mobility, and a higher amount of, of cognitive thinking. Whenever I talk about Zoom fatigue, Zoom fatigue, especially in that way, a lot of people ask me, well, Naili, if that's the case, how about we just don't go for video calls anymore. How about we just um, go back to using only asynchronous methods of communications, those will be Slack, emails, and things like that, or we just go for voice chats uh, on its own as well. As I said before, don't throw the baby out with the bath water. There is a place and space for everything. You need to really understand what you can do to be able to have long calls, especially on a day where you have a lot of calls. Understand that you will be more tired than if you had the same number of calls face to face. Think a little bit about reducing the size of the people on the screen so that you are not tracking too much. Think about turning off your camera so that you are not subconsciously checking yourself and checking your facial features as you are talking as well. Think a bit about moving after every every single meeting. And if you can, especially if you have the room or if you have a stand-up desk, then rechange the camera angle and reposition your desk so that you are maybe standing up. So you could have one meeting sitting down, one meeting standing up. And if that's not possible, then uh, try and move. And again, I'm talking specifically for project managers or leaders who book two hours or three hours meeting please do be conscious that people need to move. So have it five minutes where you tell people to turn the camera, to look away, to breathe, to look at the, to look outside and then come back as well. So those are a few things that you can do to be able to deal with Zoom fatigue. You, we cannot work hybrids online, remote, without creating some kind of bonds and interactions. And people do say, maybe this was one of the myths, maybe for the next time, a lot of people I've spoken to are saying that it's not possible to create relationship, deep relationship when working online, and that's false, but I'm not going to cover it today because it wasn't part of the wheel. We need to be able to do that, and one of the tools that we have today that really helps in understanding people, reading some level of facial uh, expressions as we don't see each other every, every day. Of course, it's not that uh, we can pick up the same amounts of um, interaction or, or body language as we could before, but the video still gives us something. So we can see people's expression when they start feeling stressed, nervous, when they're happy and smiling, and really help us engage and also judge how our message uh, is landing uh, when we're speaking to someone else as well. So 
That's that's it. There's a there's a lovely comment that we are going to pop up on the screen. A comment from Agila, so we're gonna just like highlight down the screen as well. So great research on Zoom fatigue. All the four points are valid. Thank you. They had add stress and ability to think clearly and great tips too. So thanks, Agila, for um, for for sharing your thoughts with us. But it's it's true. I guess again, just to go back to the main message. Sometimes we, especially when it comes to video video calls, a lot of people are saying, oh, let's just walk away from it. Please think about the impact of not having it, but don't also don't forget the impact on having way too many calls in one day. So that was the second topic that we've looked at today. So we are going to go back and spin the wheel again and talk about our third and final topic for this call. And thank you to everybody who submitted questions. We are spinning the wheel now. Uh, if you have any more questions or you want to talk about anything that we've uh, talked about today, um, just please go to uh, send us messages on uh, hashtag Athena Leaders as well. So we're having a little bit of um, issues on the wheel. That's no problem. Oh, the wheel is back. It will be back in two seconds. So whilst we're sorting out the wheel, uh, so yes, so if you have any questions or anything that you want us to cover, please do go on social media. We love it when we get questions from people. This way we know that we are targeting our message every time we come live to what you want to find out and help you as you are trans transitioning to hybrid and remote working as well. So we are now spinning the wheel. Oh, that's a great topic. I love the fact that we are going to talk about uh, this statement that a lot of business leaders are saying, I have to switch to hybrid working now. I honestly, I'm glad that this is completely random because you think I've planned it. In fact, the topic of the next session, where we'll go into a lot of details, is pretty much talking about that. What if I'm someone who, I'm a business leader and a lot of people want to go online and hybrid and I just don't want to because it's not something that I particularly like or maybe because of the stress it's causing to my organization. And how do I deal with it? What do I do about it? And, you know, should I really do it, right? That one, spoiler alert. Now I'm not going to actually, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I might talk a little bit about it, but please do come back next week as we are going to dive into a lot of details as a lot of people have been sending me those kind of questions as well. So I have to switch to hybrid working right now, right at this moment, because everybody's talking about it. We've been working and, and working from home. And um, now that we're just about to go back to the office based on what, wherever you are in the world and uh, the communication from the government, there's a lot of pressure, a lot, a lot of pressure on business leaders thinking that we just have to do it right now. Well, if, if you are in this day, in this state and you cannot wait until next week where I will dive into more of that, then watch the videos that we, we did, um, the live that we did last week is, is, is live, is available on YouTube. We looked at how to prepare for hybrid working. During that, we kind of covered briefly this topic of do I have to switch right now? Well, first of all, think a little bit about assessing your organization. There are two key things you need to bear in mind. If you want to switch right now, are you ready to switch to a hybrid working? Have you done the homework that you need to give people the tools to continue working in hybrid working? I've heard so many reports and I've seen so many things online as you probably have as well. And of um, people just waking up one day, 
their bosses have decided to close off all the offices. From now on, you are going to work from home. But what has been the impact from going from one day to another? Remember that through this pandemic, there's a lot of emotional challenges that people had to face. People are already physically and emotionally tired. There's been a high level of change. So whenever you are, you want to make another change, you need to bear in mind as well that, um, that how is it going to land on your people? Have you spent enough time on consultation and discussions to understand individual team mem members? Have you assessed the organization from the point of view of not just um, uh, how, what they're going to do when they're home, but how are they going to do them? Do they have the right tool to continuing brainstorming? And in fact, yes, you might have paid for a license of Miro or something like that. But do your people really know how to use the tool to continue being productive? Of course, when we had to, had to work uh, at home, even when there was some frustration, people were like, well, we don't have a choice. But if you do decide to go remote, but without dealing with all of those organizational debts, all of those little challenges that people already had before, people, the more people will question you and you might end up either alienating your people or losing some, key, uh, losing some of your people or changing the culture, the positive culture that you have in the organization as well. So really, just like to summarize on this, the most important thing is to move away from the pressure of doing it right now because everybody is doing it right now. And no, I'm not saying that you have to go back in the office because at the end of the day, as we will be talking to uh, next week, deciding to just go back in the office and pretend this, that this transition to remote working or hybrid working is not happening could, could impact your business as well. And the most important thing is to, as I always say, shut, uh, turn off the noise for a, for a moment, have a meeting with the queen, and by that, take a few hours of your time that's dedicated to really understand what are the steps to move officially to a hybrid and remote working what is the change management process you are going to have in place? How are you going to assess your organization? And if you need any more advice on any of that, keep on watching those videos, watch the one from last week, and please get in touch. I'm happy to share with you the assessments of what we do to, or if you want it, it's even just a consult, consultation or a coaching call, I'm happy to jump on a call with you and really go into a lot of details based on your personal situation as well. The last thing you want, as, as I said, is to decide to just say, well, we are going to continue working from home without giving people options because at the end of the day, we don't know how people's personal situations and whether they are set up at home to continuing working, being productive. And also, let's not forget about people's well-being. That is still important. And so those are the things that you need to take into consideration as well. So that's it for today's live show. Just as a very quick reminder for anybody who's probably joined late, only watched a few session and was wondering what the hell did we talk about? Well, we had a lovely game of spinning the wheel. We kind of went through all of the questions that people send us on social media using the hashtag Athena Leaders. So if you have any question on hybrid remote working or how to create a happy workplace playground, processes, project management, product development, anything that you think you need to help your business move forward, please do send them to us as we are to always tweaking our schedule for future live events so that we can continue giving you a lot of interesting uh, information as well. We've looked at uh, Zoom fatigue, whether that's a myth or a reality. 
we looked at a zoom again as in again it was completely random because we're spinning the wheel but the theme continued when we looked at whether we should have um whether we should just <laughs> ban video calls or record actually record video calls or not so again we looked into that what's the benefits and what you need to watch out for and we finished as well uh, with this idea of moving to hybrid right now so that's it for us today see you next week at our live show where we will be talking about diving deeper into hybrid moving to hybrid working especially from the perspective of leaders who are a bit reluctant to make that jump as well see you next week <laughs>